Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Big Picture. I'm your host, Ryan Mendez, and I'm joined by... Clarence. Ransom. And Nathan. And today we're going to be discussing internal conflict as it pertains to chapters 1 through 11 of One of Us is Lying. I thought this was a really interesting introduction to the story because we got to know a lot of character development, but almost nothing about the character's intentions. I think the author made it very vague as to the character's intentions and the true inner thoughts about the death of Simon. I think that's intentional. We know very little about who might have killed him. In my opinion, I think the greatest internal struggle was by Abby. She was facing a lot of pressure from outside sources, from her boyfriend and the cops especially. And those are two different things because... It's told early on that she likes to please people. She's a people pleaser. And she likes to please her boyfriend in particular. And now all of a sudden she's faced with all these police. And they're questioning her about all these actions. And what's going on? What's going on, Abby? And I think the pressure's starting to rise. And eventually she's going to crack. In my opinion, that's kind of like the greatest internal struggle. And I think that also has an impact on the rest of the story. Because... At the end of the day, this is a murder mystery book, and there's going to be some sort of mind game that the author plays here. You know, like, um, oh, it's probably this character because she said this thing, but maybe the author would intentionally put that in so that it could be the other character, because we don't expect that, you know? And so I feel like it's definitely going to be a good one, figuring out who it is in the end. What do you guys think? Yeah, I kind of, like... I, I kind of relate Bronwyn to Addie in the sense that she kind of wants to please her family. Like, um, she cheated on her. It, it comes to light that she cheated on her chem test because she'd originally been doing pretty poorly. And then she brought her grades up because she cheated. And so, like, Addie, she's trying to please her family because they all went to Yale. And as for uh, predictions, I I feel like more of their secrets are going to um, be revealed to us readers. Yeah, I think I definitely do think that the author is being intentionally vague. Thanks, Clarence. And I think definitely we're going to learn more and more exponentially as the story goes on. Because it's funny, we're 11 chapters in. We barely know anything about these characters and their intentions around the murder. It's just been avoided by all of them. And for Nate, um, he is the criminal of the Bayview Four, and he he has a rep bad reputation um, in his community because he is a drug dealer. But um, he did he he doesn't want to be a drug dealer because, and he is forced to do so because his mom is in a bad situation and his dad is an alcoholic. So he is kind of um, on his own. And that's why he has a um, apathetic personality. Yeah, a hard guy in the middle of hard circumstances. I mean, you kind of sort of understand why he's doing what he's doing, even though it is illegal. You know, it's it's kind of hard to try and go against him when 
pretty much everything else has been going against him, right? Thanks, Ransom. You got any predictions, Ben? Um, I have suspicions about Cooper, actually, because um, for a lot of the time he's talking to this mystery person who, I mean, and, you know, in general might not be weird, but since it's a murder mystery, that is pretty suspicious just because the author's not letting us know who it is. But I also feel like she might be doing that on purpose to throw us off because, you know, it's a murder mystery and the whole point is that it's a mystery. And that could just be some some uh, mind games. But another thing I think about Cooper that makes him suspicious is just the way he kind of acts to people, like once the murder started, because he started, he didn't really talk to his girlfriend, Keely, that in a way that you talk to a girlfriend usually. He seems more, not distant, but almost like friendly instead of you know what you'd normally expect. And that just kind of threw me off because I feel like maybe his his deeper emotions are closed off because he's worried about bigger things. Yeah. You know, it's hard for people to focus when their mind is on something else. And I think I kind of agree with you. Cooper's actions are a little bit suspicious. I think the author lets slip a couple of moments where Cooper's guard is down because he's occupied, he's preoccupied with other things. And I think definitely, while he may not be the killer... Definitely a couple moments I see coming out where he is suspected as the killer because of these behaviors. Thanks, Nathan. Now, Ransom, so sorry you were about to say something about your predictions on the book. What do you What do you think? Uh, no, um, I was just thinking that um, it's gonna the secret's gonna reveal itself later on in the story. That's how all murder mystery stories work. Yeah, that's how they usually go. And I think the toughest thing here is because of all of the the red herrings that the author's throwing in, you know, red herrings being, you know, false false warnings, little details here and there that some person might be a little bit suspicious, a little bit sus, you know, and these moments are dotted so widely it's it's really hard to pick out any one character as being the definite suspect right because they all have their different situations they all have different motives for what they do but i think the one thing they all have in common is that they're all acting strangely in their given context, they're acting weirdly and they're acting suspiciously. My master prediction, hear me out here, right? I think they're all doing it as one. They're working as a group to try and silence this Simon guy, which they successfully did. And so it's going to make it tough for the detectives to figure out if it's any one individual because in reality it was all of them all at once. And the reason I think this is because there were so many moments that were just so suspicious and there's no reason they would be included other than to hint that it's maybe not just one person working at this crime. What do you guys think? Um, I think it's hard for the cops to find out who the murderer is because they all have their own secrets. And they they doesn't want the cops to find out their their secrets and that's why they're acting very strange and suspicious 
All right. Well, we're just almost about out of time. Before we go, all you guys, what's your predictions? Who do you think it is? Real quick. I think it's. I think too- like he's. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah. I think I think he's just acting too weird. It seems like he has some just like emotional kind of connection to this thing, and I I don't know. I just think it's him. Who'd you say it was? Cooper. Eh, that works for me. What do you think, Carnes? Uh, I was going to say, I think it's like you said, a collection of all of them. I remember in a line from Nate where he, he was talking about how he was able to hold up to pressure uh, better than the other guys, but like it makes him seem like he was part of their group. So I feel like it could be a collection of all of them. Yeah, yeah I agree with Clarence. Mm-hmm. It's, it's definitely a funny one because then again... The questions keep popping up. Who planted the phones? Who stole the EpiPens? Who did this and this and this? And I think it's really going to be one heck of a ride. So thanks for tuning into the big picture. Once again, I'm your host, Ryan Mendez, and we'll see you guys next time.